Welcome aboard to the first episode of the Four Corners Games podcast, The Final Crusade. I'm Alex. And I'm Paul. And it's a pretty big day for us here. We're just getting up and running and getting everything kind of going. Yeah, we have our website, fourcornersgames.com, with the number four. We're up on social media, so you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Four Corners Games. Across the board with the number four. With the number four. It's very important. Yeah. I mean, we're just excited to have everything kind of go underway. We have this podcast. We have those great, exotic, solid hardwood dice trays that we're producing that are right now on a pretty decent price on the Kickstarter. We're excited to, to show to everybody. Yeah, go check it out. But we know what you're here, and we're not going to keep any longer. Please enjoy the first episode. fellow adults and welcome to the first episode of the final crusade the mythic adventure path brought to you by our good friends they're not friends they don't know us but maybe they will someday by paizo uh <laughs> i am alex i'm going to be your game master for the duration of however long this goes so the next two weeks probably uh, and then it all falls apart due to scheduling conflicts like most gaming groups end up running into <laughs> And uh, we're excited to get started today. So we'll start from the top. Uh, Crystal, do you want to introduce yourself and your character's name? Yeah, uh, I'm Crystal, and my character's name is Barb Grimbrew. Travis? My name is Poe. <laughs> Just, he's he's <laughs> lost, himself, name, he's yeah. lost <laughs> himself in the character already. Well, you already said mine. His real name. Human, so he's already in it. Like he's in it. He's in it. No, he's lost. Yeah. He, he's lost to it. We're Impossible. trying to avoid redundancy. I don't know. It kind of just sounds like Travis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Sierra, by the way. And my character is Lillian Faith. My name is Woody, and my character is Alu Chasse. And I'm Paul Page, and my character is Arrow Lightship. And welcome to something that we hope will be fun. This is actually technically our, our fourth session, I think, as a group together, which yeah, is a little bit of endearing. play testing and yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's a there's a multitude of different experiences around the table. We have the more experienced people like Paul and myself, the uh, beginners who are still familiar with tabletops. Sierra Hello. and Travis. <laughs> and then we have the not beginners, not experts. Paul, what's that word that you can't ever think of? Oh, intermediate players. <laughs> Woody and what did Crystal. I say last time? You, you said you said that they're like oh. she's not a beginner <laughs> and she's not somewhere next, in the middle. Somewhere in the yeah. middle. So medium, the medium players, <laughs> just like a, a well cooked steak. Uh, and no, that's well done is a well cooked steak. Oh. Medium, oh, would be. get out. No one, <laughs> We're not no. gonna get to the game. Let's dive into this discussion. No, big <laughs> thick dollop of ketchup on that bad boy. Welcome, too. welcome to Steak Escape, the podcast <laughs> that has different opinions on steak. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a tri tip guy. Uh, all right, so we'll go ahead and we'll we'll jump in to our little world here. Got a lot to do, not a lot of time to do it in. Maybe a lot to do with a lot of time to do it in. I don't know. We'll all figure it out. I think there's plenty of time. Probably. So the story starts where all good stories should, in an ancient walled city set atop a bluff looking over a river, the River Selen, for anyone who is interested in the walled city's Canabras. 
you find yourselves in the final days of summer, that thick summer heat still hanging in the air, adhering itself to you, but today is a good day, as it is the start of Aramas, a, a long celebration that promises many things, great food, great drink, many games. Now this used to be a holiday held in more reverence, uh, but ever since the passing of Aerodin, the, the living god in the last Islanti, the the teachings of the priests of stories of old and the warriors teaching on how to defend oneself for the battles that lay in front of you has kind of been replaced by this party atmosphere and people just happy to be alive. Now as we zoom in on the city, we, we come across these bright pastel tapestries. They hang flying in the wind over the jousting lists. As you look, you see the small wooden seating that was thrown up over a couple days, and it's full of all sorts of people from all walks of life. You see different clothing, you hear different accents, but it all melds together in this hooting and hollering of these people just cheering on their favorite knight. We look in and we see two brave knights clad in shining armor, their lances held aloft to salute one another, and the hoofbeats of their horses pounding into the ground with impatience. The horses slowly move into position, and as they do, a flag falls, and these great animals gallop towards each other like rumbling thunder. The splintering of wood and the cheers of the crowd mean little to a small dark figure moving amongst them. You see that a bright tuft of hair and some pink-hued skin has deft fingers attached to it. These fingers moving from person to person, trying to make a little bit of money on the side, if you will. As they go through, they keep taking what they think is appropriate, and then by the time they make it to the other side, they make their ways into the shadows below these makeshift bleachers. As they pull out their purse, they find their ill-gotten gains gone. They turn to look and see a rather nice-looking man moving back through the crowd, handing each person their coin that was once taken from them. A wry smile crossing his face. Travis, who does this small gnome see? He is one good-looking dude. His name is Poe, and this guy is six feet tall, wearing dark skinny pants that really accentuate his slender frame rather than accentuate something yeah exactly (laughs) and uh he's got black hair yellow eyes kind of like a emo reverse mullet going on (laughs) (laughs) Uh aka travis's dream haircut (laughs) so broody so sly but with a smile so much angst so much <laughs> smiley angst. smiley angst. yeah I, I wonder what class he is <laughs> full <laughs> of angst <laughs> i understand the party in the front but what's with the business in the back yeah, it's important that when he walks away that he seems very business-like mm-hmm. it's all about leaving the impression instead of starting with one yeah yeah well said yeah that was very well said thank you i made it up on the spot uh <laughs> so as we move away from this handsome well-endowed young man we moved to just behind the crashing of the wood and the metal are the many storefronts of the Clydewell Plaza. The ringing of hammer and anvils fills the streets, mixed with the cries of people trying to sell their wares. The smell of warm pastries hangs in the air, 
each adorned with the winged eye of Aerodin. It is nothing more than an artifact of bygone days, but a welcome sight to the citizens, certainly. Now, in front of these more permanent storefronts, we find a shantytown has been set up. These stalls filled with various wares and, and makeshift toys. Next to it, you see a beautiful emerald and azure tent that has a sign that hangs outside promising readings of the future and the ability to speak with departed loved ones. Next to that, you see an older man using some faint magic to manipulate small objects and light and turn off a candle, much to the delight of the children that are attending his quaint show. As you move from one thing to the other, we finally fall onto a stall. In that stall is a woman, much larger than many that you may have ever seen before. A look of frustration cast across her face as she keeps trying to find a cloak that will fit across her broad shoulders. The shopkeep, uh, a tiny gripply, also knitting her brow in concern and frustration as she moves her deft amphibious fingers through the different racks to see if she can't find something that would better suit her patron. As they share a look between themselves, they both lend a nice kind smile, just two people trying to help each other in the world. Crystal, who are we looking at? So you see a young woman, almost seven and a half feet tall. Her large frame seems to be made even larger by her stout body. Her ill-fitting armor, a gift from her old life, hangs strangely around her. Across her back is a sword that is almost as large as its owner, peeking just above her shoulder. Though you may not see them often, as they're typically averted towards the ground, she has dark brown eyes, her father's eyes. Her hair, though, is a gift from her mother. It is as fiery red, and sometimes, when the light catches it just right, it almost appears as if it glows. Almost. We move on from this site to another one of a local tavern. There's a, a, a young elf girl. She's singing with a cup at her feet, and a few onlookers stop every so often to take in the spellbinding music. Sitting close by at a table are three men clad in armor. A half-orc sits there. He uh, speaks of his various adventures slaying diabolical beasts. He talks of a babua demon that he had laid to rest, seemingly sneaking past the protection of the wardstones, and he managed to kill it without any kind of to-do or any problem with what was going on. He smashes a great fist against his splint mail that's adorned with a golden key and insists that he is one of the greatest demon fighters of all time. Just across the table from him, though, a knoll sits, cackling at this thought as only the hyena-headed race can, and then goes about their own story, speaking of an Alu demon, one that was making its way through the ranks, seducing all manner of men and women, changing their thoughts to that of evil. He brags that gnolls are not so weak-minded, and through the grace of the accidental god, slew the demon where they stood, completely unfazed by the alluring words and lies that she spilled forth. He raises his goblet aloft, declaring himself the greatest of all demon slayers, and finishes its contents in a single gulp. The third member of the party, however, pays little mind to the boastful nature of the other two, secretly sitting, enjoying his drink, listening to the sweet distant notes of the elven girl. Now, what does this warrior look like, Paul? Well, Errol is a 
stout dwarf, just above four foot. Uh, he's got jet black hair, long jet black hair, uh, tied back in like a half and half type thing. So the top half's tied back and kind of draped over the free flowing bottom half. He has a long black beard that is braided into two separate braids that kind of hang down in front of each peck. Uh, he's wearing heavy armor and he's got a dwarven uh, war axe of his people on his back. From this scene, our attention's pulled by the soft thrum and strange clacking of wooden swords that are happening in the fighting grounds. Now, these grounds were not once what they were. And they were mostly set up for small children to enjoy, taught by older men whose days in the world wound are long behind them, the proper technique to fight and stab and defend oneself, but mostly it's just done for fun. We find ourselves looking over the shoulder of a small rat folk boy. Now, he has a strange and frustrated look on his face. We then notice that around his feet are all manner of arrows scattered and just as the boy is about to give up tired of the day's promise you hear a soft voice come from just behind him beckoning him to try once more the boy levels his bow and as he releases the shot he finds that his arrow strikes true though the strength and accuracy seem to be very incongruent with the shot the child actually had taken but his excitement overwhelms the truth. He shouts and he points with glee at his accomplishment. He beckons over others to see what his minor accomplishment is. As this is happening, the source of that voice steps out from the shadows and into the crowd, stowing his bow behind his back, just happy to have made someone's day. Who is this kind stranger, Woody? This is Alu, who is a uh, cat folk. He's about 5'2". He's fairly fairly young he's a little bit taller than his longbow that's usually strapped to his back he has black fur with some uh, white coloring around his muzzle and also white coloring around his hands and feet but uh, makes him look a little cute so he usually puts gloves uh, over his hands to make sure he looks a little bit more uh, you know macho to be taken a little bit more seriously he also has leather brown leather armor uh, with uh, some insignias on it as well as a green cloak and hood. From there, we find ourselves more centrally located in the plaza, right around a large fountain. Uh, the winged sword of Iomide adorns the top of it, beautiful, clear, cool water streaming from the hilt into the large basin below. A number of children and tired parents sit with their feet submerged, hoping that it will help break the heat of the day. At the rim of it, we find a bent and grayed tengu jabbering away their feet swinging in the water with their head hidden underneath the hood. Their soft, tired voice talks and rambles to a young woman who sits just a few feet away. Though it is tough to make out what they are saying, uh, she does pause every so often to let the young woman get a word in edgewise. The stories the elderly bird speaks are rambling and hard to follow. Stories of defending great cities, amazing deeds, things from centuries ago. Now, as this continues, it, it seems as though they may have lost a step in their old age. And though other members that are sitting around the fountain, they shoot strange looks and whispers, offering small jabs, 
at the expense of the old bird, giggling away. The young woman sits quietly listening and cooling her feet, watching her little thrush clean their feathers in the water. Sierra, describe this patient person. Oh boy, this is Lillian Fade. And I will say, if there is any contest as to who is the better brooder, Lillian will win. (laughs) She sits uh, at this fountain with uh, a long black cloak hood up um, as she prefers it. Um, Her face is is definitely shrouded, um, but despite the fact it is very easy to tell that there are markings. glowing, if you will, uh, kind of um, around the, the features of her face, around her eyes, around her cheekbones, and uh, you can tell that her uh, skin is kind of a dark gray color if you look close enough. Um, but she prefers this black hood and this black cloak and these black clothes um, just as what she feels like an expression of her inner person. My outside matches my inside. You wouldn't understand. Exactly. (laughs) From there, we move from the fountain and we find that a hush begins to build as someone hobbles onto the large stage in the center of the plaza. Anyone who has it, you can roll knowledge local for me. Hey, you. Oh, man, the first dice first roll of the game. First dice roll of the game. Don't oh. screw it up. <laughs> Ooh, that's a natural five <laughs> <laughs> for a seven. You're not, you're not quite sure. Maybe Damn he's it. too far away from where you're standing or, or what he's doing. But, but as this rather resplendent figure climbs onto the stage. Uh, Just four too many ales deep at that point. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he, he moves slowly to the center, and he speaks his booming voice seemingly uh, different than his advanced age would let on. You hear, Good people of Canabras, I welcome you to the first day of Aramas. You hear everyone kind of cheer and yell, Yay! Um, Though it has been 15 years since the start of our last great crusade in the world wound, on this day, I am excited to tell you some heartening news. And it's kind of a calm that washes over the crowd. The forces have retreated back into the depths. We find ourselves in the first wave of our greatest victory. The crowd explodes. People are screaming and yelling, flags waving, all this stuff. The cheers move across like a wave as it reaches back to the ears all the way in the distance. The hoots and hollers rise as people begin to beat their shields and arms against themselves. But, the old ruler continues, this is just the beginning, but we have done it. We have won. And right as that word passes across his lips. What great comedic timing. (laughs) (laughs) This shockwave tears across all of Canabras, destroying buildings trees being pulled out of the ground and the screens begin to ripple in the wake of the wave. The lightning streaks across the sky where the ward stone that protected Canabras once stood. The ground begins to open up in flames and steam begin to billow out as demons come forth through the cracks. 
roll for initiative. Ooh, I should have built a backup character. This does not feel good for level one. Uh, the wardstone went down. Oh, it's probably fine. Oh uh, yeah, cool. An elder drink. Just slap some duct tape on it. Maybe some uh, super glue. <laughs> That'll help. All right, Barb got an eight. Gotta get the bad rolls out of the way. So uh, well done, Barb. <laughs> Errol, what'd you get? Uh, I got an eleven. Poe, eighteen. Hey. We're going to go, let's go with Alu. 15. And then Lillian. Four. A gentleman's four. Wow. Or a gentle lady's four, I should say. Milady. So uh, we'll go ahead and we'll start, looks like, with Poe. Poe, this is what you see. You see that the gnomish man that you had relieved of his ill-gotten gains is about to be subsumed by one of the many fissures that has opened up in the ground. What do you do? Tear off my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Give him the shirt off your back, literally. Yeah, he, he's about he's about twenty to thirty feet in front of you. Oh, okay. I still take my shirt off. That's fair. <laughs> I like it. As a That's pre-action. a reaction. <laughs> <laughs> That's a move equivalent action. <laughs> and then throw my rope to him. Throw your rope to him. Well, I probably wouldn't have my rope on me. Yeah, you so might need. You might want to close the gap. I take my I take my belt off too, and then I run over to him. So so as you're running, Just disrobing the entire way, <laughs> like getting ready to swan dive into a pond. So at, <laughs> it's like a really bad Superman. Like he doesn't have like the Superman stuff underneath his clothing. Yeah, he just, just realizes he's naked, naked. stride. I mean, he's just being practical. It's a warm day and a whirlwind just open. It's That's gotta true. Be warm. Yeah, it's it's fair. Uh, yeah. As you as you start approaching, you realize that this. Giant cloud of birds seems to close in on you, but it's actually not birds. It's these like small dog sized mosquitoes, and it's a swarm of them. And they start and they interpose themselves between you and the gnomish man. Uh, as you try to move through, roll me in acrobatics. I now regret taking my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> that was an armored shirt. <laughs> 16. 16. As you move, you feel this weird golden burst move through you. Roll me a d12 on top of that 16. A 7. With, so you go from this guy who's pretty deft to, with almost preternatural speed and dexterity, you manage to move seemingly unencumbered through the swarm, and you make your way to the other side and manage to get within grabbing distance of the gnomish man. Grab my belt. All right, sounds good. And he reaches up and he grabs for it. As he grabs for it, these two Sturges close in to try and get to you, but seemingly out of nowhere, you just hear thump, thump, and two arrows lodge themselves into the side of them. And this woman with short black hair stands her bow at ready to help defend you. We go from that on to, who rolled the 15? That's Alu. Alu. So we go and we snap back to Alu. So you have been knocked to your feet, and as you stand up, you see that that small rat folk boy you were helping earlier is being carried away by two imps. They struggle under the weight of the small boy, but are managing to carry him off. And what do you do? I'm going to try to close the gap. I'm going to pull my bow right. and try to take him out. All right, go ahead and roll. Ooh, natural 15, so that is a 21. All right, roll double damage. As you shoot your bow, you feel it loose, and it seems to be charged with this otherworldly power. 
seven and a one, so eight total. Eight I thought, total. I thought that was two ones at first. I was I like, thought so yep, too. I got scared. That, that's Woody. Uh, that's and you manage to actually kill one of the imps outright, and the weight of the boy is too much, and the other imp has to let him go, and he manages to make it to the ground. Though with a hard thud, he does seem to be safe for the moment. From there, we move on to Errol. Uh, your drinking partners already find themselves going toe-to-toe with a pack of hellhounds. As you look around, you see that they have, they have there are two hellhounds that have broken off to attack the small elven girl as a tavern burns next to you. You already have your uh, weapon in hand. What do you do? So he quickly slams the rest of his pint and closes the gap at the hellhound. That was your standard action to drink that? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> thought that was more of a free action. <laughs> he does it while moving. That'll be his... Uh, What's your, what's, your, what's your DAB? <laughs> if it's not plus one, you can't chug and run at the same time. Damn it. Okay. He drops it. True hero. Yeah. True hero. Sacrifice his pint to save a girl. <laughs> All right. Go ahead and swing. Okay. So, yeah. Um, That is a nine to hit. A nine. Go ahead and roll a D12. As, again, you, much like your compatriots, feel this strange power move through you. <laughs> Two. <laughs> I am not doing well today. <laughs> and though it seems though though you would have missed, you managed to connect with one of the hellhounds, and uh, go ahead and roll damage. Okay. Ooh, nice. that is twelve points of damage. So you managed to dig your axe into the other, but as you take one down, another turns to snap at you. But out of nowhere, this tall, lithe elf stands and interposes himself and with whatever magics they may possess, seems to send back the hellhound from wherever it once came. Now, as this is happening, you all notice that a humanoid shape rises out of the fire into this crackling lightning that is red and bright and otherworldly. You've all heard the legends of Korra Mazadeh, the Storm King, his striking visage dwarfs almost everything that surrounds him. And as he holds his flaming sword and whip aloft and brings it down to shatter the walls of Canabras, you know just one thing. The wardstone is gone and that the world wound has truly arrived. You said it would be okay, though. You lied. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> I always lie. It's what I'm best at. From that, uh, Barb, we get to you. So as we go over to Barb, we see the edifice of a storefront has fallen onto the fragile stalls that you were at earlier. You see the kind woman that was helping you crushed beneath the weight of great stones, her legs trapped, and she writhes in pain. What do you do? Uh, I immediately drop the cloak that I was frustratingly trying on, um, and I rush to her and try to lift lift up the beam that is trapping her. All right, go ahead and roll a strength check for me. Oh, thank God. Uh, that's in that 19. So uh, 23. You can't seem to quite move it. Wow. But as you sit and you squat, <laughs> as you sit oh and you heart. squat down, you feel a second wave pass over you. Roll a d12 for me. Is a DC 25 strength check at level one? <laughs> not, only if you're Not perfect. to metagame. Uh, I got a 12. A 12? <laughs> so you not only manage to lift it off, but you manage to completely push it like over 30 feet the other direction as this preternatural strength that you've always had seems unlocked. As this happens, an older man, about his 40s, well-dressed, manages to come in and grab the woman and, and drag her to safety. As this is ha- happening, we go back over 
to where Lillian is. Lillian, you notice that the old Tengu that was sitting next to you, well, she bows and says, An old woman can never rest when there is evil to be slain. And you watch as this decrepit bird takes to wing and in the midair transforms into this mighty ancient silver dragon. What? (laughs) You realize that you've been talking to, idly, the guardian of Canabras, the dragon Terendalev. Now, as the ground continues to shake and disgorge demons into the streets, the dragon and the Baylor Lord clash high above. The fight doesn't take that long. In a few harrowing moments, the Baylor Lord cuts deep into Trendelev's body, swooping down to strike the dragon and arresting her charge. A few more blows, the, t- the titanic duo spiral downwards towards the crowd. From there, you see Lillian in front of you. Uh, you stand in awe of everything that's happening, and you look over and you see a mother and her two small children have been made uh, their way all the way into the fountain, hiding from the spurting flames. A devil with the body of a baby and the abdomen of a fly floats towards them, its bug-like wings beating to try and keep it aloft, and its long tongue reaching out to the children. Ah, the choices! (laughs) Uh, I think that the family comes first. Lillian goes ahead and casts mage armor on the family. Okay, Uh, so as you do, the demon seems to try and get through with their proboscis, but whatever happens, uh, it manages to glance off the innocent family. Now, as this is all happening next to you, the dragon smashes into the facade of the cathedral of St. Clydewell, and is no one... Something, no one's ever witnessed anything like this before. And at that moment, a titanic demon erupts elsewhere in the city, destroying more buildings, causing more havoc. Between all of your feet, a great rift seems to open, and you fall into a giant chasm as the ground gives way. Even as you fall, the dragon notices your plight. Though her death is certain, she seizes this final chance to save a few more souls. After she uttered a few arcane words and stretched out a bleeding talon, you feel her magics take hold of you, slowing your plummet into the darkness as if you were feathers falling into a pit. Yet the fall remains inexorable, and as you drift downward into the depths, the last thing you see is the Storm King standing before the ancient silver dragon, their swords slashing out and cleaving through her neck. As her severed head falls, the rift above you slams shut, and the lights of the world vanish. Should have rated this podcast before starting up with that. Yeah. <laughs> we need like a PG version with pool pool noodles instead of swords or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, right. <laughs> and now we're going to play Wrath of the Righteous. Boom. Let's do this. All oh, right. Man. So yeah. you all find yourselves, if you go ahead and look at your maps, you find yourselves in these caves. Where all these fallen stones are, go ahead and put your characters as you will in uh, roll 20. And I got a little flavor text for y'all. Oh, I like flavor. So the ceiling and the far walls of this vast cavern recede into darkness on one side. The walls, the wall has collapsed into an enormous mound of rubble. Here and there, the arms and legs of victims who didn't survive the fall protrude. In the back of the cavern, 
a disturbing shape looms, nearly the size of a horse that appears to be an immense black spider crouching silently and still on the ground. You find that you're not the only person to have survived the falls. There are many others, including some familiar faces that may have also helped you during the time. So we'll go ahead and we'll just kick things off. What would everyone like to be doing? Rolling initiative. (laughs) (laughs) You're just at the bottom of this pit Uh, and you're all kind of, uh, you're all fairly unfazed to be fair. Uh, Whatever magics took a hold of you managed to protect you from that. Yeah. Um, So I I do have dark vision. So can I like explicitly see what's going on? You can see everything, but it is completely dark in here. Okay. Um, so Errol will kind of take a look around and see that, you know, there are people of other races here that might not have dark vision. So, um, he's going to, uh, cast light on his shield to, um, brighten up the room and right. make sense with his last name. His family name. Uh, his <laughs> given name. Errol Light Shield. Errol Light Shield. <laughs> All right. That's what Errol is doing. Alu, what are you up to? Uh... Once he casts the light, I see the person next to me, so I'll reach out to him and ask if the person is okay or try to get an assessment of how he's doing. He, he seems awake, and okay. he, he is fidgety, uh, and the light being shown into the cavern, he, for the first time, notices where he is, and he's sitting there, and he goes, no, I'm not okay. Look at my elbow, and he puts out his elbow. He goes, this strange protuberance is unlike what was there before. And look at my knee, and you see that he has like a small scuff mark on his pant. These pants <laughs> cost so much money, more than you could ever think to have in a single day, boy. I'm telling you, I'm just in all kinds of sorts of ways. While that's happening, Lillian, what are you doing? Uh, Lillian sees the light and kind of shields her face. <laughs> so pretty. Bugger. But then she notices Barb next to her and kind of stabilizes herself against Barb while asking, are you right? I think so. That's me. I'm Barb. I'm a barbarian. Way to bury the lead there. <laughs> no one saw that one coming. Little voice, big heart. Uh, <laughs> big hands, big body, just big person, really. Big. Yeah, just everything in general. Um, it, I, I think I'm okay. What, what happened? Where are we? I've been through something like this before. I think that we've fallen. <laughs> and she looks up, <laughs> and she wants to try to assess exactly how far we've fallen. Uh, so you can give me a knowledge nature or a knowledge engineering. That would be knowledge nature for 14, please. So you you don't know exactly how far you've fallen, but you can assess that you've fallen several thousand feet Holy underground into this, into this cavern. Well, that's happening. Poe, what are you up to? Uh, get up out of the rubble and uh, look over at this black-haired woman with a bow and think that she might be the one who is shooting imps and stuff is that a fair assumption uh, yeah you you've definitely recognized her okay. from before that she was shooting at those mosquito-like creatures yeah. those sturges and I'm like 
are you French? Because madame, those were some nice <laughs> shots. <laughs> and I, and, she, and she's sitting there, and she's like, no, I am, I am, I'm not only French, but I appreciate uh, I, a pickup line in these dire times. Is Well, it's, it's honestly, I never really want to hear it. So That's okay. That's okay. Still good nonetheless. And then I'm going to pull my short sword out of my pants for fear that there's bad things about, and you'll see that he's not quite as well endowed as you had thought initially. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I see, I see a secret pocket in those pants. He, he pulls oh. the short sword out of a tube I sock. Um, while that is happening, you, you all notice that besides the light that Errol's shield is giving off there, you see off in the far northern corner this like constant like sound of snapping and this bright flicker of light happening over and over again. And you see uh, a man standing, kind of snapping at the corners, creating this spark. Hmm. Um, Errol's going to approach him. And uh, yeah, ask him, uh, what are you doing? Well, you, it, it's it's the strangest thing. I, 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 someone seems to have turned out the lights, and I and I can't quite seem to see anything. But but I'm sure it's just either either a great magical spell of darkness, as as I am a great wizard. But but for some reason, my magic seem to not be working. Yeah, Errol kind of sees him struggling a little bit and reaches out and yeah, mate, let me let me help you out and casts light on his staff. And as you reach out and cast light in your staff, he goes, it seems that this darkness is even greater than before, as as though I feel the magic emanating from my own staff that you have just endowed upon. It, it does not seem to be doing anything. I'm going to subtly detect magic to see if this guy's full of shit or not. <laughs> um, well, I mean, he does have magical wares on him. Yeah. But uh, roll me a perception check. Okay. Actually, roll me a heal check. Ooh, I can do that. No, I can't. Uh, <laughs> it was a natural one, but that's a 10. That's So even with that natural one, you can tell that his eyes have seemingly been like completely slashed out of his head. At oh, some point oh, in time, shit. the rest of him, like his arm is broken. His, like, not so broken, but like he is in rough shape. And he seems to be in shock. And he believes that his inability to see is due to darkness, not due to the fact that his eyes are almost completely gone. Oof. That's dark, it much like a this area. Five foot yeah. step back. Now with those light spells, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, I. I mean, I don't think that that even a cure light could bring his eyes back at this point. No, um, you you recognize that some greater magics that you do not have the ability to use at this yeah, time to restore vision yeah. to him. Okay. Yeah. So, without trying to like incite panic in him, Arrow will be like. You're looking a bit banged up, mate. Uh, you should you should take a knee over here, and he's gonna kind of bring him over to like the side of the cavern and just kind of sit him down a little bit. He's reticent, um, but he he definitely is confused, so he does follow along, uh, kind of in your wake to see see all that's happening. What's uh what's everyone else up to while I was doing this? Barb. Yeah, I see that he's not doing super well. Um, and you put him out of his I misery. Over. <laughs> 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 All right, time to go the way old Yeller. <laughs> I've seen I've seen a lot of dark times, and I, I always try to help those um, in need. So I'm gonna come over with my water skin, and I'm gonna sit next to him, and I'm gonna put my hand on his shoulder. Probably just a little too hefty. A little <laughs> he definitely like <laughs> bends more under your weight as I intended to. Like be, he yeah. he looks like he's within inches of death. So like he's not doing really well at all um um 
So should could we try to do a heal check to stabilize him? Uh, you can try to do a heal check to assess just how bad he is. Cool. All right. I'll give that a shot. 13? 13. He, he looks like, I don't know, mechanically speaking, he has like two <laughs> hit points left out of 35. Like oh. he's doing bad. Like he is almost on death's door. All right. I'm going to... I'm gonna leave my water skin with him, um, and uh, take take his bedroll that he's been carrying with him, and kind of you know lay it out for him so he can get comfortable. And so I'm gonna say we're we're gonna go try to find some help for you. As you go to reach for things in his satchel, you realize that he doesn't seem to have anything on you on him. Actually, you realize none of you have anything on you except oh. for the armor and weapons that you originally had. Any other items that you had brought with you were lost in the fall, crushed perhaps in the rocks. You only have armor, and you only have your weapons. And for the arrows that people might have, you only have about half of what you actually would have had normally. So it definitely seems that you're in dire straits. So no spell component pouches? You have your spell component yeah, pouch. Yeah, that's, that's a <laughs> thing on you. Yeah. I want to I wanna track oh, okay. super closely your spell components. <laughs> yeah. Nothing uh, makes riveting radio. Yep. Like, do you have a, a pinch of <laughs> dust and a feather on you yeah, to cast that spell? Do you have exactly two silver pieces? <laughs> well, then, no, you can't cast Mage Armor. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Um, no, you have that. So you have your, your basic stuff, but you guys don't have bedrolls. You don't have rations. You don't have blankets, tents, rope. Everything seemingly was lost in the fall. Was I able to reclaim my shirt? Uh, you were not. <laughs> okay. Yes. You 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 have your armor still, but your not shirt is shirt. lost to the ages. <laughs> you you actually look around. And you see your shirt trapped between rubble in oh. the side of the cave. Another sad tragedy to yeah, befall the party. And we're hundreds of feet down. Is it cold down here? Thousands of feet down. That was his five. I don't know. Uh, roll perception on shirt. his nipples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like diamonds. <laughs> it's definitely chillier than you think. Barb kind of looks over and like sees sees that he's shirtless, and then she blushes and looks down. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing that we don't have rations or anything to help sustain life for an extended period of time, um, I'll look to everyone and say, um, "I think I think we should try to find a way out." Great idea. Let's do it. When you fall into a crevasse, instead of climbing out, sometimes you must go deeper. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, that movie. That Wise speaks, words that from Barb. <laughs> um, I think um, when she gets an opportunity, William wants to go try to help out this person whose name looks like is Amoeba. Yep. So uh, you, you go over and you see that everyone else is up and walking around now. She's not. She's still actually sitting on the ground. She's looking around trying to take in her, her sights. But this was not the person. Okay. Never mind. I was going to say that Aravash is the person who's blinded. Yes. Right. Okay. Aravashniol. Aravash. You have to um, introduce yourselves to me. I will, I will, since I'll, I have to pass Aniva to get to him, I will ask her if she's all right. Sure, I'm quite fine, though. It, I, it's no worries. You you do what you need to do, and then roll a, roll a heal check. Can I roll, like, a sense motive on that, too? Like, if she's yeah, trying to, can. like, hide how she's actually going 17? 17. You see that her right leg is destroyed. Like, it is not a manner of, like, a simple fracture. Like, it looks pulverized. And she's trying to draw attention away from it and seems stronger than she is. On top of that injury, she seems to have several other injuries across her body. And she's she's not doing super great. 
So, Anivia, Aravashnil, and Aravashnil, Aravashnil, and Horgus, and Horgus. Yeah. Well, it looks like Anivia and Aravash. I'm just gonna call them that. Seem to be doing pretty terrible. And then Horgus is like kind of superficial. Like it seems that his biggest problem is a bad attitude. Yeah. Uh, more so <laughs> than like you have someone who's blinded, someone who is like almost immobile, and he is complaining like every so often you just hear in the corner scuffed his designer jeans yeah yeah <laughs> i cannot believe this this cloak cost me two months pay and now it is dirty dirtier than i may never ever be never be able to get clean again and like you just hear it every so often echoing through the chambers <laughs> can a heel check fix his bad attitude no it can't <laughs> can an attack roll fix it <laughs> of course it always does yeah. at least it gets rid of it <laughs> yeah one way or another um, what's your alignment <laughs> but it seems as Anivia is standing right now, she she wouldn't be able to move. Okay. And Aravash can't even see, and he's pretty beat up too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we should do our best to kind of keep them, yeah, in like keep them together and keep them alive. Keep it secret. Try, yes, try to at least. But does does anybody have any potions, or can anyone <laughs> heal? From the heal check that Lillian gave, it doesn't seem like low-level magic will be able to fix her leg either. Much like the eyes of Aravashnial, it's something that requires a much stronger healer. Is there anything that Lillian can do to perhaps... Does anybody need stabilization? She was noticing that Aravash was in bad, bad shape before. So he doesn't need to be stabilized, but but you, you think you might be able to make some sort of splint and crutch out of the refuse that fell from above? To allow, at the very least, Anivia to move. Okay. Um, I snap at Horgus. You, with the scuffed pants, <laughs> come here. Uh, and ro- then I enlist his help to try to... Roll a diplomacy check. And that is a natural one, folks. Oh. <laughs> and he goes, who, who are you to be telling me what to do? How dare you? And I am the great Horgus Worm. <laughs> And, and I see Lillian um, not do super well on that diplomacy check. And I'm going to try to use Intimidate to help support her. You can try to do that, but you are scaring people who are already scared. It seems like I'm a hat on a hat. This guy. <laughs> I'm scaring him into helping. That's going to like even itself out, right? <laughs> uh, 12? 12? No. He ah. is, he's unfazed, and All he right. is very aware now well and and supposed to being unfriendly one may even say that you pushed him to be hostile you dare to threaten me in these times who are you who are you from this town i am the backbone of this economy i am the person i am the most smartest (laughs) (laughs) the most smartest and uh barb doesn't like confrontation um yet you have come at me with that (laughs) attitude of yours some may say that in time we will not be friends. It is not a lover's story, you large woman. Uh, oh. uh, and I look down, and then I just like walk over to Lillian and almost put her in between me and <laughs> Orcus, <laughs> even though Lillian is uh, significantly between. smaller than I am. 
Um, and I uh, help her try to fashion a splint for Anivia. And I do have craft weapon. Maybe. You make her a sword by accident. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, no. I have craft books. So. <laughs> you make her some material as she lays dying in this cavern. At least she won't be bored. Here's a story. With her powers combined. Uh, you can roll. A he- so one of you can roll a heal check to do it, and one of you can try to aid. Yeah, I would like to. I can roll a heal. Oh, yeah. oh. Uh, between us or between yeah so oh. so at least I, i'll let at least three people work on this uh someone needs to roll the heal check and then two others can try and aid i mean i i have a pretty high heal so i think i should roll the okay. heal check and then you guys can aid so so, w- so what did you roll lillian so i'm nearby. i rolled a 19 19 so that's plus two okay barb do you aid i i shall aid arrow calls for aid huh <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. A natural 18. Oh, my gosh. So that's plus four yep. on top of everything else you're doing. All right, Errol. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> Ooh, nice. natural 18. So that's Oof. a third. No, 33. You, yeah, make, wow. you, make, you make her a mech. <laughs> 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 Nothing will stop Anivia now. Really tapped into that profession engineer. <laughs> it's Yeah, <laughs> you really did. And then for some reason, she but, just keeps like walking around saying, take your hands off her, you bitch. And you're like, What? <laughs> Aliens doesn't exist in this universe, <laughs> but you managed to make it. Uh, she seems hobbled, but she is uh, able to move around. As the three of you search to help make this, all three of you roll me a perception check in and amongst the rubble. Nine. Nine? 18. 22. So Barb and Lillian, you see these five kind of glints that exist in the rubble. They're fairly large, but as Errol's moving around with his shield on his back, light's still coming off of it. Every so often, his shield seems to catch uh, these glints as they are. And there's five separate ones in and amongst the pile of refuse. Lillian wants to move toward one and detect magic. You detect magic. Ooh. You get closer, and it seems about a hand-sized... You would say it's almost like a silver plate, but it's not. It seems uneven and the edges are almost unnatural okay and i don't know if it's good or bad you don't okay she's gonna go ahead and reach out and touch it so as you touch it you feel this voice and it's a familiar voice it's the voice of an old tengu that you were speaking with and you and you immediately know that you're holding on to this one of the scales of Terendelev. And it infers Ooh. that ability on you. Wanna want read that for the audience at home? This is resistance. Wait, is resistance part of the That's the name of the it's that's the, 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 the scale name. of resistance. It is the scale of resistance. <laughs> Damn. Three times per day as a standard action, a scale can be used uh, to cast resist energy, but only against electricity or cold. And that is uh, that is uh, thirty. It's uh, resist energy thirty because nice. it is the caster level of the scale that was imbued to you. Whoa. And she was a ancient silver dragon yeah, or just, something. Just one, <laughs> just one, one yeah, of those old high things. level. One of those old things. But yeah, you grab the first scale and, Re- and rest in peace. You feel that magic instantly imbued upon you. Um, Lillian pockets the scale and is going to try to collect the others. As you move and you grab the second scale, you feel the magic completely assuage from the first scale and from the one in your hand. And there, 
and it's gone. It feels hollow and empty as you hold on to the second scale. Uh, okay, I'm going to try to motion uh, Barb okay. over since I know she's also looking around. And I say, girl, come look. Oh, okay. And I show, uh, you said there's more than two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there okay, is. Okay, so I want to draw her attention to the another one that is glinting. Okay, so you're going to hold on to those two scales? Um, for now. Okay, so the scales that you're holding... Uh, they've completely, the magic has completely left them. Uh, Barb, what do you do? Um, I walk over to Lillian, um, and do I see that you're holding something in your hand? Yeah, I'm not hiding it. Okay. So I see that you have this thing in your hand, um, and I say, what, what's that? And I put my hand out and gesture out for you to hand it to me so I can look at it. Give it to her. As you give it to her, you feel the magic reinvigorate the one that you hold and then as you are handed it again a a voice that seems not too unfamiliar to you a voice that you may have lost from the past fills your head and it tells you all of that what do you now hold i hold paralyzing cold three times per day as a standard action a scale can be used to make an attack using a weapon on an unarmed strike or natural attack if it hits the attack deals an additional 2d8 cold damage and the target must make a fortitude save which is a dc 19 (laughs) or be staggered for one round and you feel invigorated as though you have some sort of preternatural power once more on your side so as this is going on what is everyone else doing well, I think Errol was pretty close by to this. You were, you were you were searching in and amongst uh, the refuse, so you probably went over because you were the one actually doing it. Yeah. And they're exploring, grabbing these scales. And Errol, like you, like get her set up on her crutch, and you look over and you see them holding these giant, kind of silvery dinner plates in their hands. Yeah. So Errol will, um, I'm sure, overheard part of the conversation, and he's gonna detect magic at uh, the 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 items that they hold and then more in the rubble as well to try to hone in on. Yeah, the items they hold are magical, but you sense three more auras as you sit and kind of concentrate for, I don't know, 18 seconds uh, <laughs> in and amongst the uh, the rubble. Mechanically speaking. I, I mean, one might say. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick one, uh, one out that's accessible, easily accessible. And as you pick it up, Ooh. again, a familiar voice. A voice of someone you knew from your past fills your head yeah so i get access to a cold aura three times per day the user can emit a five foot aura of cold as frostfall uh, from a corner adjacent to them the holder of the scale has immunity to the effect for the round when the holder moves the aura stays in the area in which it was initially called that's just oh anyway uh the area of the spell is covered in a chilling frost, dealing 2d6 points of cold damage to all creatures within it. Creatures that the spell initially damaged must succeed at a fortitude save or become staggered for one round. And again, you feel <coughs> empowered. Um, so the three of you, as you get through and pick up these things, do you do anything to signal your other party members over, or do you do your best to hoard the magical powers away from them? Yeah, no, we'll definitely call the rest of the group over to spread the loot. Spread the loot out. Um, so before I, I see them gesturing to to go uh, towards the rebel to grab what seemingly are these magical items, but before that I saw that Forgus 
this turn hostile, you said? Yeah. So in a last-ditch effort to try to kind of reel him back a little bit. Um, he seems hostile only to Barb. He His opinion of her is changed, but he obviously realizes he's in a very dire situation. So he walks up and he goes, good, a man of sense. Hopefully someone can at the very least, are you able to heal me, son? I am in dire straits. I unfortunately do not have that ability, but maybe one of my party members do. Errol pretends not to hear. Yeah. <laughs> maybe one of my party members do. So roll, roll. So that heel check that you roll on him earlier, you know yeah. that there's actually nothing clinically wrong with him. Yeah. Uh, he's just he's just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Mechanically speaking, yeah. <laughs> nothing clinically yeah. wrong. He's yeah. just an asshole. <laughs> um, so would I be able to? Well, noticing that he's still hostile towards Barb, is there any way I could try to persuade him to kind of lower that down a little bit? Yes, you could do that with your words. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> So uh, the power <laughs> of words, words, words. So Lou's gonna, um, Mr. Horkus, please. The big one. She means very well. We're just, we don't know where we are, and we need all the help we can get. I know you are an important man, but right now we're not in town. We need all the help we can get. So please, help us if you can. Okay. Curb the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, hmm, I see that you may have a point, son. Roll me a diplomacy. I'll give you. A, I'll give you. A, well, plus two. <laughs> Can I just say while he rolls this that we're like a thousands <laughs> of feet underground and a world wound opened and there's like demons everywhere and horrific death. You underestimate my need to be respected. <laughs> like slight <laughs> conflict between two people and we're like, you know what? Let's get a mediator. Let's sit yeah. down. Let's hash this out. <laughs> I think the the spider carcass can mediate. Communication is key. Ready for this one? Ooh, natural seventeen. So that's a twenty-seven. So, wow. All right. So with that one, he goes to you and to the party members, even Barb. He goes from almost unerring to, all right, I see your point, son. I I appreciate what you're trying to do. I'll I'll do my best to help in these rather dire times. Something else has happened. Whilst Errol was constructing that... uh, um, The splint. Thank you. The splint and the, uh, the crutch... She said, and then she said, well, at the very least, I'm trapped with kind people. It's it's a tough time, but, but I promise you, lass, if, if need be, I'll do my best to use what few arrows I have to, to defend you and your lot. And understand that until we get to the top and until I get back to my family, I, I will treat you as as best I can. And she, like, pulls up her hands off of their crutches, like, and these death fingers can help you hopefully get into strange and locked places and she outstretches her good hand while the other one balances and she's like I'm a Nevia Tearblade that's nice to meet you good to meet you Nevia and as uh, Alu is speaking and he goes Horusquirm by the way just in case you were wondering uh, I, I, know, I know not your name but, but you seem well to have a good head on your shoulders what 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 is, what is your name? I do not know you. <laughs> My name is Alu Jesse. That's a ridiculous name. Thank you. <laughs> it is nice to. I'm going to call you Kitty Cat. Do you mind if I call you Kitty Cat? Meow meow meow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you seem very amenable to the circumstances, man. I do appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, Alu, you taking care of that? Poe, what are you doing? Uh, 
walking around stealth, uh, quietly, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> with stealth, walking around the perimeter of the cavern. See if there's any sort of way to go up, down, Out. left, or right. <laughs> down, left, or right. Uh, so you see that there's two points of egress to the east. There's one that goes uh, northeast, and there's one that goes uh, southeast. It's, um, it's north, north. Uh, yeah, north is north and south is south, yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like that stupid library. Oh, yeah. That was confusing. <laughs> it was. Not my fault. Uh, I'll come back to the group. Yeah, who knew you can rotate JPEGs and save them? <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners at home. <laughs> importing them. I'm flipping off <laughs> Paul <laughs> in character. <laughs> you you can, sir. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Politely. Politely. <laughs> my stars and garters. Um, my stars. <coughs> Poe comes back. Hey guys, my name's Poe. Mew, mew, yippee. There's <laughs> passages to the right if we want to check them out. Poe, roll a perception check. Eighteen. Eighteen. So you notice that they're all holding these silvery kind of plate things, and you actually noticed one out of the corner of your eye as well while that's happening. Oh, I'm going to grab that. And rip the sleeve off of my shirt in the in the, in the, the rubble, rubble <laughs> and give it to Horgus. Here, I heard you needed a band-aid. Oh. <laughs> hey, roll me a diplomacy check. <laughs> Though you mean it sarcastically. I did not. I, I, don't. I did not <laughs> mean roll it sarcastically. Me roll me a diplomacy check. I had a six. A six. Oh, oh no. no. Uh oh. <laughs> My work. So you did mean it sarcastically. Uh, <laughs> it came off that way. Uh, it did. So you, you mean it sincerely, but for whatever reason, who knows why, it seems sarcastic. And he goes, But I appreciate the kindness. And he looks at you kind of side eyed. Not quite sure if you meant it sincerely, not quite sure if you meant it sarcastically, but he drops it to the ground and he goes, But I think I'll make do for the time being. He does not seem change his opinion on you just yet. I'm but as take you it back up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that shirt. <laughs> Not that much. You tore it off. At a drop of a hat. <laughs> the first <laughs> battle. somebody's <laughs> life. It was going to be like a makeshift. So, uh, so, so what scale did you just pick up there, big guy? Disguise. Ooh. Ooh. Three times per day, I can be disguised. <laughs> <laughs> and if you would like more details, that means I gain a plus four bonus in all bluff checks made against only evil creatures. You can also use the spell Alter Self. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, too. I mean, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely change your complexion as a person. But hey, that's not important. What's important is I'm really good at bluffing now. <laughs> it's, they went that away. Uh, <laughs> Errol's going to point out the. Uh, the last scale in the rubble to Alu. And I will walk over to go grab it and pick it up. All right, great. So as Alu, you walk over, you grab the last scale. Awesome. Cool. It's just a banana for scale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just looking at it wide-eyed, just batting at it. Someone's <laughs> shiny. Someone spray-painted it silver. It's like, who would spray-paint a banana silver? <laughs> oh, boy, a keychain. <laughs> <laughs> He knocks it off the rock. <laughs> <laughs> it Further in the rubble. Up, puts it down, and knocks yep. it off again. <laughs> yeah. I am a human cat person. So. <laughs> I will stay here forever. Uh, so I got cloud walking. Ooh. Three times per day as a standard action, a scale can be used to cast levitate. A 
pillar of roiling clouds rises below the levitating object or creature, growing and shrinking with the target's altitude. This pillar is five feet in diameter, regardless of this target's size, and provides concealment, 20% mischance, to any creature or object wholly contained within. So it doesn't provide you that mischance because you are sitting on top of it. But yep. say if you were to move it over the square of Errol or mm -hmm. even our good friend Poe here, that would provide concealment. Uh, and then the, the spells on the back of the cards for everyone who's wondering. So it's I, like a hollow pillar then? So it can encase someone? Is that? Uh, no, it, it's it's just like it's like basically it's like a, a bunch of clouds just yeah. coming down. Oh, it, it got just, it, got it, got It's it. like more or less like a, how a smoke stick works. Got it, it provides 20% okay. mischance for both individuals. Got it. So he'll be levitating up in the air and then below below like him will be like a stream view. of got cloud. it okay. exactly i heard pillar and i focused on pillar and i was like oh like a column of cement that's hollow that so, people are hiding in so you seem to have sorted everyone <laughs> else stupid. out uh you do notice that aravash nial is still sitting somewhat silently uh you hear him mumbling to himself very fast uh still kind of panicking <laughs> he is blind and does have a staff. Oh, here we go. We got our own uh, oh, Hey, hey true. <laughs> and then a man with long hair and a beard comes out with an automatic rifle on his back. Ooh, it's Baze. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, this campaign is Rogue One now. Yep. For anyone who's seen Star Wars Rogue One, that is oh, what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Barb will walk over to him and... I'm on the force um, Put her, <laughs> 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 and she'll uh, look concerned, but put her hand back on his shoulder. As you do, he like stiffens away from you, and he's like, "Who, who's there? Who's doing this?" And say, "No, no, it's fine. It's fine. If I just, what? No, it's just how this works. No, it's it's totally fine." I, I keep shit. waiting for a break, but he just—he's not—he's not going to stop talking. He—he is in shock. He is blinded, and he's almost dead. Um, I. I ask him if he can stand. Can can you stand? I think we need to try to move so we can get out of here. Uh, but yes, but but understand that that I am am the probably the the best suited person to to be taking the, the these these. How many of you are there? <laughs> there's there's a uh, seven of us, and then you. Great. Well, I am I am best suited to take the, the, the seven of us down this thing. I, I, I should be in charge. I, I have I am the wisest. I, I am the oldest. And, and, and it is important that I I, I lead I, this charge. Can I do like a, I don't know, like a leadership type check? It's a diplomacy. Or diplomacy? Yeah, you can, try to, uh, you can try to calm him onto your side. I just want to calm him and get him to like listen to us instead of trying to like lead us in a circle. Have we already completed creating the splints? Yes, you have. Everyone. So Anivia is good, and it seems like Horgus is on your side. It's just Avashniel seems to still be. 15? 15. It doesn't seem to quite change what he's doing. He goes, listen, young lady, you just you don't understand that, that in these dire times that, that a man of, of resolute academic prowess should be the one in charge. And, and though I may be unable to see in this foregoing magical darkness, I should still be the one to lead the charge for us all. And he kind of like keeps saying the same kind of flavor of that over and over again to you. Ooh, he might have a concussion. <laughs> the guy that's missing his eyes? <laughs> no, he's probably fine. Ooh, yikes. Um, I'm gonna kind of feebly look over at the other folks in the party, <laughs> since obviously I'm not being um, super helpful with trying to get this guy to get up so he can get the heck out of here. Um, and then I'm just gonna walk to 
the two different paths that would lead us lead us out of this section and kind of stand at the fork um, and start looking at both of those paths to figure out which direction we should go. I'm going to follow Barb. Uh, Errol's going to walk up to Aravash and as a fellow sort of magic user and caster, um, he's going to try to convince him that like, while he normally would be in a position to lead or should be in a position to lead, that his current status is... Yeah, no. <laughs> I was going to do that after my description of what I was going to do. But you can just, instead of describing it, you can just no, that's, say that's it. That's right. And that's not fair. pick up on the description of it. That's how yeah. talking works. I like doubling down. Yeah. <laughs> I like to preface my role play. <laughs> I mean, that's the old that's the old saying, uh, tell, don't show. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. So Errol, um, you know, reach out a hand on him and say, Oi, mate, uh, normally in other circumstances, you, sh- you definitely should be the one to lead, but given your current situation, and he kind of gestures to a blind man up and down. <laughs> <laughs> what did you um, just do? I feel like you may have gestured to all of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, given your current situation, um, I think maybe you should follow in the middle of the pack, and he'll call across the cavern for Horgus. Horgus, come over here. And he'll uh, try to get Horgus to come over and have, like, Aravashnel put, like, a hand on him and kind of, like, essentially leading the blind. And So um, Aravashnel actually doesn't know what's happening to him. Uh, he still thinks he's under the guise of magical darkness because no one's come oh. up to say that his eyes are damaged <coughs> beyond repair. So he, that's... I, I was think, trying to dance around that. I didn't really just want to be like, Oi, mate, your eyes are gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, though, because... Yeah. Uh, what you, let's just say that yeah, technically I mean, your ability to see <laughs> is technically not Does it tied feel to painful your eyeballs? in, like, the top area <laughs> Does of it your hurt face? on give your me, forehead? Give yeah. me, what give about me your, your hands. <laughs> what about between those two regions? If I put pressure on here, does yeah. it hurt? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> if I put my pressure into where your eye hole was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, in that case, yeah, Errol's going to kind of like lean in pretty close to him and Ooh. be like, uh, mate, yeah, you seem to have suffered a, a wound to your eyes. I don't think it's magical darkness that's inhibiting you. I think you, you may have been blinded. Um, and so he, he sits there and he kind of changes his mumblings. He's like, well, that would make sense. I mean, I'm a great magical caster. No no darkness has ever gotten past my ability to see, especially my people's ability. And, like, he, he slowly reasons through it. He's like, oh, 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 all right, oh, all right. I think I think I see your point. And, and though Barb didn't convince him, her words and your words together, it'll give you a plus two to your diplomacy. Okay. Well, good thing my charisma sucks. That is an 11. 11, yeah. He's just still kind of unassuaged. He, like... He's like still sitting there. He's like, oh, "All right, but, well, at the very least, I I know my condition, but but I still think it is important that I lead the charge, and that 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 in this these 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 dire times, I am the one to 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 take charge and and find our way out of these. Where are we? Lillian's gonna walk over, um, next to Errol and take a shoulder of Aravash, which I have now nicknamed him, <laughs> and say. Of course, of course. But let's go ahead and designate these fine folk to be your eyes. <laughs> and Horgus has come over, and he he's amenable to the situation. Though um, Aravashnial continues to like kind of rage against it. 
he's like, no, no, no. I think you, I think you want to misunderstand the, 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 the purposes. Now, while this is happening, Barb and Poe, you can see down that there seems to be uh, a small ledge and then a higher ledge to the southeast, and that a tunnel continues downwards to the northeast. Is that ledge going down or up? They're they're both going up. Both going up. Okay. So to the southeast, there's two ledges? Yeah, there's one that seems like maybe two feet high, nothing. But the next one seems like it's about 10, 15 feet off the ground. Oh, so you'd have to like, climb up to it. Okay. Um, well, yeah. Errol's going to tell Aravash now, uh, we're going to get moving. I suggest you stay with us. And he's going to kind of head towards the direction of the caves, too. Okay. Alu and Lillian, what are you going to do? So, uh, Horgus will lead Aravashniel, and Anivia will kind of hobble behind. Yep, I'm just going to go with them all. Okay. Yep, and I will stay kind of in the back. I'm assuming they're going to be kind of slowly following the yep. pack, so I'm going to kind of bring up the caboose. Okay. Yep. So, um, Barb is kind of looking at these two options and sees that everyone else is starting to look and kind of so, formulate their thoughts on that. Alu, but as I you cross by <laughs> that black widow's ah. body. Oh, no. I was I literally forgot. just going to look back at the spider. <laughs> he, he took the, he took the point of, uh, he took the quickest point. You're actually going to be right about here. Uh, suddenly and seemingly without uh, any kind of provocation, you find yourself beset. Everybody roll for initiative. Is it possible that I could get like a surprise round since I was looking back as he was doing that? Because <laughs> he moved before. Uh, I'm not going to let that Too happen. Slow. Sorry, I did my best. Damn it, Woody. Sorry. Ooh. It was funny because I was thinking about just asking about that and I decided to move up. And I just so happened to go over and I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> I did the await thing as well. Yeah. In my head, it was like, hopefully you didn't notice. <laughs> Some solid level one character and, role yeah. play. <laughs> yeah. As you approach, these two disgusting, huge maggots burst <gasps> forth out of oh the body of this uh, horrific downed spider. Sick. All right. So. Sick isn't gross. <laughs> yeah. Dope. Can I get myself the nauseated condition? <laughs> <laughs> if, you, uh, if you want to take one action. As a player. <laughs> Gross. Um, all right. So let's go around the horn. We'll start with Barb. Uh, Barb, what is your initiative? Uh, I really got that natural one out of the way, so I, I have a four. All right. And then Poe. Poe got a ten. A ten. All right. Uh, Lillian. 18. Nice. Nice. Uh, Alu. 20. Double nice. And then Errol. Errol got a 19. Nice. All right. Corgus rolled a gentleman's six. Uh, and Nidia rolled a 27. Holy mackerel. And Aravash Nial. <clears throat> All right. I don't trust him to cast magic blindly. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably fine. <laughs> when we're all like <laughs> huddled around him. <laughs> Fireball! <laughs> oh, no. Alu and Arrow, you need to put your... Color spray um, all over the wall. <laughs> please, please, thank you. Color spray over the wall. Take this fiend! And then blinds Barb permanently. <laughs> 
yeah, whoever's standing next to him might just like turn him. I'm gonna start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Aim him. <laughs> I'm gonna start teaching Aravashnael the art of echolocation. <laughs> We're in a cave. I mean, yeah, it would work. Would work. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll do it one more time. Two. All right, so uh, Anivia is gonna go first. She is going to cobble away because she is still horribly injured. And she can only move about 50 feet. So she's going to go all the way into the corner and uh, kind of hunker down in there. Uh, Alu, it is your turn. All right. I am going to take five foot step back. And then on the grub that is to the north, all I'm right. going to draw my longbow and take a shot. All right, take a shot. With point blank. On since it's within 30 feet. Boom natural 14 so that is a 20 to hit uh yeah 20 hits sick get some six on the die plus one so that would be a seven and with that simple bow you manage to like line it up and you put it straight through its eye and it dies immediately uh errol it is your turn errol going to close the gap the five and fifteen He's going to swing out with his Dwarven War Axe. That is a 15 to hit. And that is a hit. Uh, Eight points of damage. And just like before, you basically a Lou and Errol like bookend these two maggots. And an arrow gets driven through the first one's eye. And the second one, Errol comes and cuts it cleanly in half. And that terrible, scary situation... And the very Woo! first real combat is uh, is, uh, is probably okay now. Oh. So and, and we're all level two now. That's perfect. Oh, yeah. awesome! Cool. We're gonna take a rest and uh, take yeah, a short break. I cannot break for... believe that that was twenty thousand experience per grub. This is wild. where we get our mythic so beats, right? Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly you feel imbued with the power of the gods. He said it. He said it. Let's just camp no, down canon. here and level up off of grubs. Yeah, right. Exactly. Let's farm grubs. <laughs> All right, it's two more. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, they just <laughs> come in pairs, and we'll just surround them as they pop out and just all right, whack them all. And that situation that I contrived so quickly uh, seems to have assuaged itself. It's good work. Do, 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 do. You <laughs> beat it. Just beat it. All right. Well, Errol will say, uh, maybe next time. Anivia kind of comes back. Avoid the corpses of large creatures, please. <laughs> Anivia comes back and she's like, I'm, I'm glad you managed to take care of that because honestly, I, I don't think I'm in a great state to be doing anything on my own. And she like kind of motions her quiver on her back and you see that she has like four arrows. Mm. And she's like, if, if, if push comes to shove, I can help you as best I can, but understand that I'm not doing great. Um, how old is the dead spider? I mean, Roll me a knowledge points. nature on that one. Why don't you take a liver temperature test? 18. 18. That spider seems as though it's about two to three days old. Uh, though the outside seems uh, not so bad, the inside, after they burst through, it's almost completely empty on the inside. So no no collective uh, poison that I could collect. 
Uh, you do not have anything to collect poison in, unfortunately, due to your fall. I used to have vials. <laughs> you did. Sixteen of them I purchased. But <laughs> <laughs> I got you good, see? Smashed. 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 In the rubble. Yeah, roll, uh, what is that, 16? Roll 16 d6 glass damage. Oh, no. <laughs> I was oh like... God. <laughs> <laughs> Travis, you have a lot I, of d6s. I, I Help do. her out. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you do have Just a lot of d6s. Just roll the whole <laughs> container. Just roll the whole container. We'll see how it works out. <laughs> but you manage. That'll be good for fall damage when we eventually take that. Yeah, <laughs> no, especially uh, someone I don't like. Yeah. Uh, Never yeah. again. Yeah. Fall damage, number one killer. <laughs> don't tabletops. worry. The best part is that Woody is uh, far away from windows, so you should be okay, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, windows are my. My one kryptonite. Nemesis. <laughs> yeah. That or rolling to attack, rolling to save. Uh, Just rolling, rolling in general. Rolling in general. Rolling, rolling yeah. in general. Yeah. yeah. But he's really good at it. He crushes it. All right, so you managed to defeat the first two maniacal creatures on this grand adventure. Where do you go next? I say let's check out the pathway to the north. King in the north. Just I was going to suggest the pathway to the south. We got to do some climbing. <laughs> I'm not very good at climbing. You know what? I uh, think we, we don't have rope. split the party. So you actually, <laughs> so climbing is just here. Uh, this one you don't have to climb. Right. Yeah. I, I'm still How, terrible at climbing. So I being like a... Have you seen this heavy ass armor I'm wearing? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like it confers some sort of armor um, check, check penalty. penalty. <laughs> Take it off and toss it up. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, like keg toss. Five <laughs> minutes later. Bar being relatively large and um, a pretty skilled climber, I'm also going to look towards the southeast. Also, whenever there are options Split on the party. which direction to go, <laughs> I just always err right. Actually, yeah, that's, no, that's fair. Just makes yeah. it easy. So it is the the first one to the right. So I'm going there. And that's a good rule of thumb for the blind person too. Is just just always go right. Yeah, just put your hand, you put find your right hand out. The labyrinth. Luckily, the wall, he's not an amputee, so that's good. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> All right, so as you approach that, a stone ledge juts out at a right angle on the southern wall of this cavern, 14 feet off the ground. The leather strap of a backpack hangs from the edge of the ledge, while above, a narrow fissure yawns up into the darkness. Can we do a perception check on that backpack? Uh, yeah, it's a backpack. <laughs> And it's hanging yep. precariously. Yeah, it's 14 Some, feet up? It's 14 feet up, yeah. Okay. So you have to yeah, do a little bit. Climb, climb, okay. climb and throw, yeah. throw a rock at it. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be like yeah. glass potion. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> potion of invisibility. You hear shattering <laughs> inside of the bag. Potion of invisibility. <laughs> Everything's gone. You think you're holding on to rope. You're not sure. Yeah. If right. the rope makes an attack, it will reappear. Bar- Barb and Arrow are going to make the worst base of a triangle because there's like four foot difference between us <laughs> and then we're going to throw the lightest person up likely Poe oh my god in like a, a cheerleader move I am so <laughs> on board with this <laughs> <laughs> okay you cannot you, you cannot throw someone yeah. 14 feet in the air okay, I haven't, I haven't been practicing have you seen basket. collegiate cheerleaders <laughs> uh, yeah I watched that Netflix documentary <laughs> it was awesome I'm, gonna I'm referring Barb to uh, bring it on do I get a do I get a plus two bonus for that? Because I feel um, invigorated. So I will really let pumped. I will let if, if Lillian and Errol are going to make some sort of structure, I'll let you aid in the climb check. We'll you get the roll to aid. It's okay. going to be a strength check though, to hold stable on the ground. Yeah. Definitely not going to work. Who knows? I don't know if that's necessary. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. affect you. It oh, only okay. affects you positively. Okay. You cool. can't fail any aid check. You can only. Yeah, I just don't want to fall. Aid. You either like... aid and get plus two or zero. Okay. So. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, so Errol, I think what's going to happen is Errol's going to do most of the work and Lillian's going to be like, yes, and like t- pushes all <laughs> She's like not even going to touch. She's like, like, I'm helping. Yeah, it's like we're moving yeah. a couch and she's the person like, no, no, no. <laughs> she's the person holding the cushions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's the supervisor. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to uh, yeah help with that. So you said it's a strength check? Strength check. Uh, 13. That does not help. So Barb, you are on your own. Don't die. Or do. I'm not well, your boss. Your climb's pretty good. It's fine. Don't sprain an ankle. Why did I say that? Feet. Oh, God. <laughs> oof. <laughs> Is that a There's the way token way. oof. Oh, no. <laughs> Which oof? That oof. Good oof. Good I oof. I got uh, a medium oof, actually. Oh. Yeah. Confusing, right? A confusing uh, oof. 15. You you don't man like for whatever reason it seems as though it's like shifting sandstone under your hands you can't climb close enough to grab it. So Lou's gonna walk over, um, seeing all of this going on, kind of smiling the whole way, and realizing this new power that he's got, he's going to use one of my charges. three charges of levitate. cloud walking to levitate and simply pluck it off. You know? And and Lou does he he like suddenly beneath him this cloud mass erupts and he just goes whoop and grabs the backpack and comes back down yep. and using i don't know how many hundreds of feet you have available for that levitate yeah, I was gonna spell say, what, like do, do some recon in that well yeah so i, w- I wouldn't <laughs> go up and down i would just, i would go up and then you were saying there was a no you, you go up and down okay okay <laughs> that's canon that's canon <laughs> no okay that's totally fair so i'll give you a little more what's happening on further on in the cavern you see another step and you see that uh, it seems to come back together from the other side. Okay. Uh, and you manage to grab hold of that backpack. Easy peasy lemons. Right. Am I am I able to tell that um, you know, it connects fully with the, the other side too, so if everyone was going You you uh, get like though normally petrol knowledge engineering, I mean it seems yeah. pretty explicit that it seems okay. to connect to the other side. In what way you're not entirely sure, but it does seem okay. to connect back. And I'll relay that to the party too, um, and I will float back down. You put it back down, and you have in your con- possession a new backpack. Ooh. Sweet. So can I check what's in the backpack or on it? Or on it. <laughs> There's a sweet pin <gasps> that says uh, Bob Dole uh, <laughs> in 1996. And you're like, whoa. Oh, man. That's an old that's backpack. <laughs> that's really dated. <laughs> it's vintage. It's an LL bean, so, so it lasts. So you find it's like <laughs> <laughs> or at least you can keep swapping it in yeah. to give it like it looks like less. So you find that it's a masterwork backpack. <gasps> Whoa. I'll save you a little time on that one. Okay. It contains seemingly 10 days of trail rations, okay. a flint and steel, a set of caltrips, two flasks of oil, a bundle of 12 arrows, nice. A point a potion of cure light wounds and a potion of lesser restoration. I should make you roll spellcraft, but that's fine. How dare you? How did GM? Well, no. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Drink it. <laughs> Find out what happens. Find out next week what that potion does to his body. <laughs> <laughs> We're releasing these really at the same time. So just go to the next okay. one. It's Listen up. to the next episode. Please, thank you. You yeah. can tell Alex thinks we're struggling when he just softballs stuff in for us. He's like, yep. no, 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 you don't need to. Pursue. I mean, it's great having need to watch you struggle with, with a group of five people. That there's one person that has spellcraft. I'm sure that won't cause any problems <laughs> later on <laughs> down the line. <laughs> well, we'll just have to take we did very our best. diligent notes as to what we pass and fail spellcrafts. Right. I'll just get really good at describing <laughs> liquids. It's an amber liquid, Ooh. <laughs> and it seems smelly. 
Um, <laughs> all right, so you find at least some amount of gear mm-hmm. um, okay. that was left behind. Yep. Uh, you're not sure why or how, but you do manage to find that. Is there any sort of you know inscription or writing or anything that could like symbol on it that could allude to where like, it might come from at least or who it might belong to? Um, like a luggage tag. Yeah, that. Does it have a phone number and email address? Uh, so as you look through and you piece through, it's tough to actually figure out where or who brought it from. From the looks of it, it looks pretty brand new. And so, if anything, it may have actually fallen with you and just landed uh, some distance away. Okay. So I'll motion to the group um, and pretty much say, please take anything that you need. Preferably, I'd like the arrow stone. We should probably give some arrows to the other girl, too, since she was trying to ration hers, maybe. How That's many do you have? Um, so I have nine, but since it was a clean kill on the grub, could it I say that I knocked that out, or is it gone? No, if you hit, actually, it's gone. Okay. It's when you miss, you have a 50% chance of retrieving it. Okay, so I, I have nine right now. Since I have all of these empty flask holsters... In my <laughs> All sixteen of them. Yes. Oh, oh man. man, this bandolier sure was full. I guess I should. <laughs> I guess I should fill them up. Um, Lillian's going to make a pass for the potions. All right. So, uh, what potion do you want? How many are there? There's a potion of cure light and a potion of lesser restoration. So lesser restoration cures ability damage. damage. Yep. So and cure light heals hit points. Uh, well, I will take lesser restoration in case, um, and I'll hold out. And if nobody takes the other one, I'll take it too. But um, can I identify the potions? I don't know a whole lot about potions, but I know cure light when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> I already told you. Just take it. <laughs> Take, take my oopsie doodle for what it is. Um, Retroactively uh, roll yeah. spell ground. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks yeah, for trying to thanks for pulling me back from the brink. I uh, no, I, I it's my fault. Actually, I, before the chasm opens, I would like to buy a cloak from the uh, grip griply. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, they're Let's out just of go that back and color. Do that. Oh, yeah. Okay. You wanted an olive drab, but unfortunately, all they had was <clears throat> chartreuse, and you don't look good in chartreuse. Um. So. Quite fond of periwinkle blue, and but greenish yellow. Mm. Not with your complexion. <laughs> oh, that's rude. That's messed up. Um, so I have the potion of cure light wounds, and I look over at Anivia and um, the other guy whose name Arvash. is covered up in roll Arvash 20. Arvash. Arvash. Um, and try to evaluate which one would benefit more from the potion. Thinking Anivia because Arvash is going to be blind regardless. Um, so roll... So you know from the various heal checks they've done in the past that uh, though Anivia may do better with it, Aravashniel is on death's door. Like if he gets hit by anything for any reason, he Go more than likely won't be able to okay. stand up to it. Um, I will give him the potion of cure light. All right. So he takes that potion in both hands and sups it up. Drinks it like a child with a sippy cup, just like... <laughs> He gets uh, seven points of healing off that All bad right. boy. Nice. So he's definitely yeah. feeling a little, a little bit better, a little stronger. 
Uh, and one eye starts to grow back. <laughs> <laughs> but like in a very painful way where it's still useless. So it's yeah. actually more traumatizing. Than anyone watch it? And you're like, oh my God. And it's in the middle oh. of his forehead no. for some reason. <laughs> it's like the mind's eye. Is it working? <laughs> Is it? Um, but he, he's definitely feeling a little better after that cure light. All right. Nice. All right. Uh, so where do you care to go to, adventurers? Well, if Butter failed her climb check with a 15, I don't think there's any way we're all yeah. going to be climbing up there, especially with a bunch uh, of gimpy people. Uh, so you so you can continue onwards without... So the climb check was for this. It was not for this. Oh. That's what I was trying to convey the entire time. When you say oh. this versus this, can you describe yeah, so that a little bit? Of course. So the one, the southeast has an initial ledge. That initial ledge is only about two and a half feet. Okay. Then there's a secondary ledge to the south wall. Gotcha. That one is Got where it. the backpack had fallen. Okay. okay. Yeah. Like I said before, it's only two and a half feet. It's easy to get through. It's just it's okay. tougher to get up that side wall. Okay. okay. You um, can do what was that without yeah. any real no, problem. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, I misunderstood that. Um, okay, perfect. Well, since we're all kind of heading through this direction I say we just keep on keeping on you know do, 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 do. and Lou realizes again do, 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 do. both of these connect to each other down down the cave so I don't think it matters much but I think we should go this way and Errol's gonna head up the uh, the party just cause he's he, he feels like an innate sense of protecting people an innate sense of partiness uh, so uh, Horgus will move Aravashniol down and Anivia will hobble behind kind of bookending Aravashniol just to keep him a little bit safer as you move through. Poe, what are you doing? Following behind Anivia. Okay. So Poe is uh, playing caboose on this party train and then Anivia, Aravashniol, and Horgus are kind of in between. So you keep making your way up and you make it to another small ledge just right where that fork comes back together. This one is, again, about the same height, two, two and a half feet. Up or down? Uh, up again. It seems to all be grading upwards. I'd like to roll a profession surveyor to see what elevation. <laughs> you don't have your tools. You can't, you can't possibly get the grade of this road. Theodolite and Theodolite. Plumbob. Azimut. So as you look in, uh, as Errol rounds the corner, you do get a glimpse into the other part of the cavern. And what you see is uh, this smaller cavern appears to have once served as a campsite or temporary lair. Uh, a torn bedroll lies next to the cold remains of a fire. A pile of bones, broken equipment, and rubble lies just past the campsite itself. It's interesting that there's a campsite down here. That is interesting. Um, to the I north, the, the secondary path, is there anything I can... I'm going to take like a quick peek in here to see if there's anything of use that may have fallen, kind of like the backpack situation. So as you approach... Oh, you no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. The pile of bones and the torn bedroll begin to shift, and suddenly these two giant cockroaches yeah. burst out, screeching and clacking, oh. mandibles ablaze, and if you want to see what happens, you're going to have to listen to us for another hour or so next time. Ah, fucking cockroaches. What's with all the bugs down here? The right? giant bugs the down giant here? Bugs. Maggots, cockroaches. It's like that they level in Super Mario. <laughs> What's happening to me, gravity? Oh, no. I was so small before. Does that mean bar 
Barb is just an actual giant now instead yeah. of a half giant. <laughs> yeah, what's stranger still is Poe is four times your size. I don't know what happened. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's a potion of the large person. It's like what? Nothing Four Corners Games podcast is property of Four Corners Games, Inc. For more information about Four Corners Games, please visit fourcornersgames.com with the number four. Music and sound on this episode by Sirenscape, because epic games need epic sound. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo, Inc., which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo, Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com forward slash community use. For more information about Paizo, Inc. and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com.